Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. It comes with a 20-year warranty. And a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. Got into a little bit of a Twitter fight last week with a federal minister. I want to tell you about it. It uh, began with this piece in the Toronto Star by reporter Alex Boudelier. Headline was, Federal Government is Creeping Your Facebook Page. All about this letter from the Privacy Commissioner to Treasury Board President Tony Clement, Federal Minister Tony Clement. In it, the Privacy Commissioner, the Acting Privacy Commissioner, Chantal Bernier, says, that her office has been accumulating like really disturbing evidence that various government departments have been creeping our social media accounts, have been sucking information about us off of Twitter, off of Instagram, off of Facebook. And there's not a lot of specifics given except that there are no specifics. It's just this kind of willy-nilly information gathering, uh, information being gathered without any direct relation to a program or activity which actually breaks the Privacy Act, if true. So I'm reading this with great interest. I want to know why government is looking at social media accounts and what rule book they're following and what they're doing with that information. Are they keeping names? All this stuff. And I get to the part of the article where they get comment from Tony Clement and uh, his response was, meh. I'm paraphrasing here. He said, meh. That's the gist of what he said anyhow. And I went on to Twitter and I, I mouthed off a bit. 
I said, you know, this this attitude of of Tony Clements, this, uh, hey, you put it on Facebook. What did you expect? Of, of course we're going to read it. That attitude is really glib and, and, and dishonest. I mean, what do we expect? We expect government to not read our Facebook page. Duh. And I wrote that. I wrote, duh. And then Tony wrote back. He wrote, yeah, Jesse, because Facebook is private. Oh, wait. I think he maybe was being a bit sarcastic, but that is what he wrote. He even wrote, cause C-U-Z, like that. And I said, you know what, Tony, people aren't stupid. They know that Facebook isn't truly private, and yet government using it to scrape our data is still a violation. I think you get this. And then he's like, yeah, uh, actually, I totally respectfully disagree. Thanks. And so then I'm like, yeah, I'll bet you disagree. Your government arrogantly disagrees with Canadians on like basic notions of privacy. Thanks. I said it back to him just like he said it to me. Thanks. And then he goes, well, Jesse, if you're going to use like terms like arrogant, you're, you're really just proving that you're not actually interested in having a civil conversation with me. It's sad, really. That's what he said. He, he said, I was, I was sad. And so I, you know, I apologize. You know what? I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I was just frustrated by the things you were saying. Minister Tony Clement, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. And then this other guy, Jean-Francois says, you know, Jesse, you should have Tony on the show and, and, and talk about this. And, and I said, that's a great idea. Let's, let's, let's talk about this in depth and, and get off Twitter and, and come on my show, Minister Tony Clement. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk it over and maybe can answer the questions I have about this. And so Minister Tony Clement was like, yeah, okay. And uh, that's coming up in a moment. So stick around for it. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody Half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. This year podcast is sponsored by audible.com. 
If you listen to podcasts as much as I do, you will hear uh, a lot of mention of audible.com. They sponsor a lot of podcasts and I'm glad they're sponsoring mine, but you know, maybe you've never actually used them. Maybe you've never actually taken anyone up on the offer for a free audiobook from audible.com. You should do that. You already like listening to great things and stories in audio form. Maybe you're going to a cottage and you need something to listen to in the car. I'm going to suggest a book for you this week. I love noir fiction. You know, a lot of audiobooks are like 17 hours. It's a big time commitment. The Postman Always Rings Twice by James M. Cain. You've probably heard of that, but have you ever actually read it? It's great. And it's read by Stanley Tucci. I love this actor, Stanley Tucci. And it's about three hours long. And if you go to audibletrial.com slash CanadaLand and sign up for a free trial with Audible, then uh, that can be your first or something else because they have a library of thousands and thousands of audiobooks and you can download any one for free as a part of your 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash CanadaLand. Do it now. It's Tony Clement calling. Hey, Minister Tony Clement. I know you don't have a ton of time, so I just want to ask you the most important questions first. Who exactly in government is is creeping all of our Facebook pages and social media accounts, and, and what are they looking for there, and uh, why are you guys doing that? Right. Let me answer those in a sequential way that uh, makes sense. Uh, first of all, of course, uh, we know that uh, many organizations, uh, NGOs, governments, corporations, uh, all sorts of organizations now, uh, try to use sort of aggregate uh, data from public posts on social media sites to, to gauge sentiment. On, on whatever issue they are concerned about. And so that's a pretty standard practice. People know that happens. And so there are various departments uh, who are pursuing policies in various areas who wanted to use that as part of the tools they have to, to gauge how people are responding to a government program or a new government policy or some sort of government initiative. And so uh, when I inquired about this after receiving the letter from the Privacy Commissioner, I learned that... Uh, uh, this data is aggregated. It's not. It's not personal to an individual. But uh, if there are, you know, opinions expressed about a government policy or initiative or program, then uh, that uh, that's the kind of data that is aggregated. But this is put into the hopper as a way to understand whether a program is being effective, whether it is uh, meeting its, its intended goals, whether it can be improved. Those kinds of things. So that's that's the why and the how, I guess. And uh, I, I, all I would say is uh, we have to operate within the law like, uh, like everybody does. We have a law called the Privacy Act, of course, uh, and it uh, makes it pretty clear that, uh, that this is not just a fishing expedition. This is something that has to be pursuant to a defined public policy goal, and I think that's a very good rule to have in place. Uh, so uh, I've received a letter uh, from the Privacy Commissioner uh, who expressed some concerns about how the law is being implemented or applied, you know, to make sure it's applied in a consistent manner across government, uh, that uh, this rule that I, that I mentioned about uh, it being for a specific public policy purpose is actually maintained. And that's what I'm going to get back to her and to the public about as well, to make sure that we have the, uh, the rules uh, in place pursuant to the act to ensure that the government is operating within legal parameters. 
Can I take from your answer that that is the only reason why government would go through my Facebook page is to find out what my opinion is about a government program and then wipe my name off of it and then put that together with a few thousand other people and say, well, 85% of people are, are in favor of this. Is that the only reason why you, you would look at my social media stuff? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what I, that is what I've been advised because I obviously I did inquire about it. Now, there may be circumstances. Uh, uh, let, me, let me put to you a to a scenario. So somebody tweets something to uh, a, like, let's say the Treasury Board Secretary at Twitter account and says, you know, I don't like your policy on open data, but, I, but I'd like more information about it. Uh, you know, that person may be logged because they've specifically interacted with the Treasury Board Secretary at Twitter uh, feed. Uh, and of course, they will get a response uh, to, uh, to link them to further information on the topic that they have uh, posed the question about. So those kinds of things happen too. Well, that's a, that's a circumstance where it would be positive for the individual to have their identity logged by government. Does that mean that there aren't circumstances where it might be negative for the individual? If you were to say something that might indicate that you're involved in uh, you know, a criminal activity or, or a tax issue or a political affiliation with a radical group. Is there any circumstance like that where you're making a note of my name with my social media message? Uh, I, I'm, I'm advised that that is not the case. And what I'm going to do is uh, drill down further to make sure that everybody is aware of what the rules are. Now, in order to get information from a service like Facebook, you need to have a Facebook account. So I guess I can assume that there are government uh, employees who have or, or contracted, uh, you know, companies that are contracted by government. Yeah, it's outsourced. You know, we've got a, actually Canada is a leader in this field, as you as you and your uh, listeners know, uh, Jesse, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, I'm thinking Radiant 6 and some of these other companies that uh, that are able to aggregate this data based on, uh, you know, uh, they, they might have an algorithm or some sort of thing that uh, is sentiment, uh, that can analyze sentiment. So this is, uh, this is quite, I'm sure that's the modality. I was telling someone the other day, by the way, about, uh, I don't know if you've ever read a book, uh, Five Days in May 1940, about uh, World War II and the five days that were the tipping point between appeasement under Chamberlain and fighting on the beaches under Churchill. And uh, the, the British government of the day uh, used to send bureaucrats out to street corners throughout Britain uh, to uh, just to listen at the street corner on the sentiment that was being expressed in casual conversation. This is in 1940. Yeah, I know. I think that's great. If, if that's what we're talking about, if it's just government trying to keep a closer contact on how people feel and what they think. Uh, but there are there are issues that, you know, uh, it, you know, if those bureaucrats went to the street corner and pretended to be other people. So, you know, I'm asking when these companies that you contract to go through people's Facebook pages do so, they need to have an individual personality uh, associated with that. Are they using their real names on Facebook or are they contriving fake identities on Facebook? Well, don't don't know. And in, in that uh, in that amount of detail, I'll be honest with you, but what I've pro promised to do to, uh, with the Privacy Commissioner is to further examine the issue, make sure we're, we're within the law, obviously, make sure the rules pursuant to the Privacy Act are being followed uniformly uh, across government, so it's not a lumpy kind of procedure where certain people are doing certain things and other people are doing other things, uh, and report back to the Commissioner, and what I'm, I guess I'm saying uh, in your show here is that I believe that sh report should be to the public as well. So you'll be hearing back from me on, on those kinds of issues for sure. 
Well, that's a big question because, yeah, the law does state that you can only do this with reference to a specific program or activity. So uh, I guess that's what you're... And that's the, that's the cat. I mean, that, that's, that's the important phrase. Uh, you can't just be trolling around uh, just because you feel like it. And, oh, gee, I wonder what so-and-so is saying on Facebook to, uh, today. Uh, that I can understand why people would be upset with that. Uh, I will say this, however, and this is apropos of nothing in particular, uh, you know, again, how I teach my kids, you know, who are young adults now, is you put something on Facebook, you put something on Twitter, anyone can uh, can access that information. Uh, and so be wise and, and be prepared. And that, I know that in my constituency, I'm sure across the country, uh, there's actually police programs where police go into the schools and say, you know, be cyber smart and uh, don't post, uh, you know, ultra personal information. And, uh, you know, as we've, as we've learned, it can ruin lives. You post something on there, good guys can see it, bad guys can see it, uh, you know, uh, organizations can see it, corporations can see it. That's the reality of today. But that's not actually true. I mean, Facebook is not entirely public. There are private messages between two people. Then there are semi-private uh, communication between closed groups. Some of these uh, pieces of information you you can get access to, but only if you uh, friend somebody or, or join a group or pretend to be somebody. Is government engaged in anything like that, or are they only getting the completely public information? I'm also thinking of protected tweets. You can request permission to get access to that depending on who you're pretending to be. So there's all kinds of gray area. It's not not just private and public. Sure, so, sure. You know, I, th- I think we need some clarity in those areas. I, yeah. I agree with you. I, I don't think, like, when you're talking about aggregate data, I don't, I don't see the need to go to, to drill down to that level. There's enough public uh, commentary uh, about government programs and initiatives that uh, you don't need to go down to that granularity. But definitely, I, I think I acknowledge there are gray areas, and we should definitely make sure we know uh, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how we're doing it. Yeah. That, that's a fair. That's a fair commentary. And I don't mean to just go over this again and again, but but I, it's important to get this part on the record. When you when you say aggregate data, your understanding is it is only aggregate data. No names are being collected, and your review you you feel is going to demonstrate that that is absolutely the rule, and that's going to be made public. That, that is that is the procedure. That is what I have been advised. I'm going to double and triple check that, obviously, uh, but that is what I have been advised. Absolutely. As you say, we need clarity and we need transparency on this. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, you've reacted. And these are, these are new areas, Jesse, uh, as, as uh, your listenership is well aware. You know, uh, a lot of this stuff, we wouldn't be having this conversation five years ago. So, uh, you know, we're, we're in, the, in this brave new world and we have to make sure that it, it uh, complies with uh, our, our, our ethics as a society, uh, our views uh, on privacy, which are changing, by the way. You know, and uh, so this is a this is a moving target, uh, and you know your your listenership is part of the, part of the debate uh, certainly, and I I believe as a as a as a senior cabinet minister, one who's engaged in social media, you know, almost from the get go, I've seen it change, and uh, people are more aware now. Uh, of the the pluses, but also the risks. How do you think people's views of privacy have changed, Minister? I mean, uh, how do you and how does your government feel? Do people not care about privacy as much as they used to? Do you think? No, I think the, I think quite the opposite. I think people are more aware now than even even five years ago about uh, some of the risks of online activity. We all want to be online. Uh, there's uh, huge advantages. Uh, the other side of the coin is, of course, the more online activity there is, the more innovative a society is the more uh, economic um, 
growth that can occur, uh, creativity can occur. All of those things are on the plus side of the ledger. On the other side of the ledger, of course, is uh, concerns about privacy, concerns about uh, intrusion, all of those things. So this is a this is an ongoing and continuing debate, and the terms of the debate are are constantly shifting. That's all I'm saying. We have to be aware of that. I'm certainly aware of it as a as a member of uh, of a government and as an elected politician. Uh, and uh, all I'm saying is we have to keep drilling down on these issues because uh, attitudes change, concerns are raised that were not raised three, four, five years ago. Let's deal with them and let, let's deal with them in a, in a, in a practical manner. I know you got to go in a minute, so I'll just ask you one, one last question. Um, you know, I, I know that you've responded in, in, in Twitter uh, to a lot of people who I, I guess you felt were jumping to conclusions and this idea that, that the government is creeping your Facebook page. And it, it seemed like you felt like, well, whoa, 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 let's not think the worst of government. I, I just feel like you, you've got to appreciate that we're in a context where Canadians have learned that CSEC was uh, spying on us in some manner in airports and in some city where we found out that law enforcement asked for personal information from telecom companies 1.2 million times in one year alone. Uh, you've got lawful access uh, legislation that was struck down once. It's come back again in another form and you're trying to give telecom companies immunity to, to share our information. You got another bill that would give telecom companies immunity to share our information with private companies. You know, I, I really appreciate that you're talking about um, accountability and transparency in terms of this particular government use of of, of personal data. But there is so much we don't know about what your government is doing with our personal data. You can't really blame people for thinking the worst or just being concerned or worried, can you, when it comes well, to... Well, I, look, I, I, it's an ongoing debate. Let me say a couple of things. First of all, we have to abide by the law as, as, a, as a government, just as individuals have to abide by the law. And secondly, there has to be independent oversight. And, uh, and uh, there, is, there is that, uh, uh, apart from government, when it comes to CSEC activities and so on. Uh, the other thing I'd, I'd say is, look, uh, all of this is always going to be, look, there's always extremes. Uh, and uh, so uh, there are advocates who would say uh, government has no right to look at anything ever online under any circumstances. And there are other advocates who say, you know, to protect the security of the public, uh, law enforcement and governmental agencies have to have full access. Uh, and I think most Canadians are somewhere in between that. And uh, but but I, let me let me make this point, because there are bad guys who use uh, cyber activity to their advantage uh, for either terrorist activities or for other nefarious means, and uh, there is an expectation from the public that we have to counter that uh, to protect society and protect the safety of individuals. So there's that. At the same time, uh, I, I acknowledge your point because it's something I believe as well, uh, we have to act within certain boundaries and laws, and uh, you can't give any authority uh, untrammeled ability uh, to intrude without any oversight or without any accountability. So that's, that's that's the nature of the debate, and and uh, some of the issues you raised, I think there are uh, excellent refutations of the worst fears. But at the ta- at the same time, this debate is ongoing, and we have to make sure there's a, there's an accountability infrastructure in place so that people can feel secure uh, from the bad guys, but also secure from the government. And I and I and I uh, acknowledge that point. Well, we can only uh, hold our government to the laws if we know what they're doing. And, and with that in mind, I appreciate that we are going to find out through your review what you're doing in terms of our uh, social media accounts. When can we expect that? Uh, well, I, I'm uh, I'm going to be working on it uh, over the next uh, few weeks and a uh, couple of months. And uh, I expect you'll hear back from me over the summer. Minister Tony Clement, uh, it's always a pleasure talking with you. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. No problem. Have a good day. 
Well, that's your Canada Land show. I hope you liked it. You can email me. I read them all. I respond when I can. And I am at jesse at jessebrown.ca. I'm also on Twitter, bickering with various elected officials at Jesse Brown. The website is at canadalandshow.com. Come check it out. Go to audibletrial.com slash canadaland and get your free audiobook. And the next podcast will be up on Monday. If you like this show, recommend it. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.